The calendar has flipped to July, and that's exciting because it means that it is time for Coach Pat Kilby and myself to kick off our roster preview series, starting with none other than Mr. Elliot Cadeau. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. I hope you had a great 4th of July and didn't shoot off any of your fingers. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. Joining me today, as he does every week, is our guy, Coach Pat Kilby, coming to us today from Houston, Texas. I guess it's Big 12 country now down there, Pat. And uh, (laughs) that's fun stuff we want to thank you for listening to today's show and being a part of the locked on tar heels family folks seriously thank you so much for always being with us coming up on the show basically here's what we do if you missed this last summer we start in the summer one player per week and we go through the entire carolina roster one player at a time and that just basically leads up to the season. Pack and I did this last summer, and honestly, Pack, I, I think you feel the same way, but it was just a lot of fun to dig into these guys a little bit more. And uh, for, for those of you that would like to see it all, what we'll do is put it all together in a playlist on YouTube. So if you want to go back and check out the whole roster and all these episodes, you can do that. Basically, what we'll do is we're going to start with the freshmen and then work our way up the seniority ladder. And so it'll be Zayden High next week, but this week we start with Elliot Cadeau. And the way we do this is we always start with a little more of their bio so you can get to know them a little bit more if you've missed any of these details. So Pac, why don't you start and hit us with some of those details of Elliot Cadeau's biographical information? Yeah, so obviously he was originally um, class of 2024 and reclassified to class of 2023. Um, comes to us from Link Academy, which is a great, great place to develop. Um, and there's been a lot of good players come from there. Um, Elliot, uh, born September 4th, 2004. So he's fairly old uh, for class of 2024, which makes his reclassification a little bit easier, uh, being the fact that he's a little older. Um, he's a point guard, obviously. I think we all know that. Originally from uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, He started at Bergen Catholic High School in New Jersey, and uh, his AAU team was New Heights Lightning. So, um, and Isaac, you may know, I don't don't recall if there was anyone uh, that was just as big time as him that played on his AAU circuit with him. Do you know? Not off the top of my head, and that probably tells me that there wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't think there was either. Elliot 6'1", 175, so uh, decent size for a point guard, um, five-star recruit, as we all know. Um, and then, obviously, he was his rankings were a little different, but with the reclass, they've changed a little bit. ESPN has him as the 13th best player in 2023 class, eighth in rivals, um, 12th in uh, 24-7 sports, and on three has him at 15. So by all accounts, he's the top 15 player in the country, even with the reclass. Uh, committed to Carolina on the 28th of December in 2022. 
I forgot it was right around Christmas until we were putting this back, putting all this info back together. Yeah, heck of a Christmas present for the time right. Because and then James Brown was like right after New Year's Day. That's right. Yeah, so it was just yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. And then we were on Drake a little before that too, I think. So we had all three of those kind of in a somewhat. Similar. Yeah, Drake. Drake was first of the three. That's right, yeah. or of the four. Excuse me. Before Elliot. And by the way, I mean, I know we're not talking about him, but he's turned out to be really stinking good. <laughs> um, and he chose Man. Carolina. Elliot chose Carolina over Kansas, Syracuse, Texas, Louisville, Texas Tech. Um, I mean, that's easy. None of those programs are even close to the Tar Heels, especially Kansas. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, Twitter handle Elliot Cadeau, E L L I O T C A D E A U. Um, and then his Instagram handle is Elio with three L's. Three L's, man. I like, I was like straining at the computer screen to make sure I got it right, but it is three L's. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's the bio on Elliot. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player for Carolina, and I look forward to watching him play. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm looking again, it is three L's wild, wild world we live in these days. So pack let's, let's just start here and then we'll answer some more questions here in a little bit. But as you said, we all know he's a point guard and that's the big thing. That's the story. Elliot Cadeau coming in and going to really hopefully help uh, make just the offense flow better. But here's what I want both of us to answer. If you take, we all know about the assist. We know about his ability to pass. If you take that away, Elliot Cadeau can never pass the basketball this season. What is the next thing on his skill set that most excites us? Oh, that's really tough to pick because I think there's several. Um, well, you get one and I get one. Don't right. you steal no, mine? Right. Mine is, I don't know what yours is, but mine is speed. Dang and- it, I hate you. Sorry, but my thing is, we've all been wanting transition to be back, and I think that he does that. Um, so yeah, I, I'll go with speed. I think his speed is elite. I, I think that's got to be the right answer, and as part of what makes his passing so dynamic in the way it is, is because he has this speed, um that that can be game changing level. I, I mean, I don't think that's an overstatement, but also recognizes that that's not always the fastest way to get the ball up the court. And it's nice that he can do it. I know we're, I just took away his ability to pass, but it's nice that he can move the ball with his feet or with a pass. And I think he sees that really well. Um, I, since you took speed, I'm going to say just, um, his bounce, like we, even though he's only six one, we've seen this dude have the ability to get up and and do that, like play above the rim a little bit when he needs to. And I think that's important when you have a short backcourt like Carolina is going to have next year with Elliot and RJ. You know, like I've seen, I read a Duke article recently where they're like talking. I think it was called the Curious Case of Elliot Cadeau. And it was like, oh, Elliot Cadeau, obviously a dynamic player, but I don't know about the fit at North Carolina because there's only one basketball that Elliot and RJ can have. And it's like, well, listen, they recognize that RJ, you know, Elliot's going to have the ball. It's not going to be like it has been the past couple of years with that lack of role definition. Um, 
But part of it is they're going to make up for that lack of size with his ability to just get up and do stuff with his athleticism. And so I know that's still part of the speed conversation, but I think all of that goes together to give him, you know, with all due respect to Kendall Marshall, I think he is a more athletic version of that, albeit a little bit shorter. Yeah, he's kind of like a Kendall Marshall 2.0. Um, but that article, you know, that you mentioned a minute ago, that's interesting that they're questioning the, you know, way the relationship will work between Cadeau and RJ Davis when RJ just finished playing with Caleb Love. So, well, and I think, I think they were questioning it because of the issues with Caleb and RJ not always being able to coexist very well. Right. But then you look at it, and you, but Cadeau's main thing is that he creates for others. Right. And then himself second. And so that's where I'm kind of like, I think it's going to be a great fit because that's exactly <laughs> what we've been needing. Exactly. But. Listen, it's Duke just trying to hate on North Carolina. You know, we got to cut them some slack. They can't figure yeah. this all out. Well, and when they do that, they throw out all reason. They just look <laughs> for something to go at. Well, folks, we just talked about a couple of Elliott's strengths. We do want to look, no players complete. We want to look at some weaknesses where he still needs to grow and uh, look at what will make for a successful freshman season for Elliot Cadeau. We'll do that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who's going to hit the first home run in a game. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball. Okay, Pac, here we go. We just talked about some strengths of Elliot Cadeau's beyond his ability to pass, which we both believe is his elite skill set. But Pac, what is it that you see that Elliot still needs to work on? I'll ask it this way. If, if you were an opposing coach, how would you game plan for or exploit Elliot Cadeau's game? Well, here's the thing with Elliot, and we've kind of already talked about it. He's a great passer. He has speed, and he has decision-making. So what you want to do is try to eliminate his ability to do those three things, which is way easier said than done. But the reality is, if I'm looking at this, I'm going, okay. And I think we all kind of know this too. Elliot is going to handle the rock for Carolina, and he's going to make the show run. Can we turn him into a scorer? And essentially what that looks like is we're not going to help off of RJ. Mm. We're not going to help off of Harrison Ingram. We're full denial there. We're going to try to put Cadeau on an island and make him take tough shots and or play off of him and make him take shots from the perimeter. Um, and so to me, that's, that's how I would attack that. Yeah. Now, like I said, that's way easier said than done <laughs> because when you start putting him on, a, on an island, then that's when that speed comes into play. And exactly. Elliot's going to go, I'm one-on-one. I'm going to draw you out and then I'm going to blow by you. Yeah. And then I'm decision-making. 
If they help off, I'm dishing. If they don't, I'm finishing. So um, that's why it's really tough. Uh, but I do think, you know, in previous years, you know, maybe you could help off of Leaky Black or maybe you could help off of Pete Nance or whoever that is. This team, you really can't. And that's what is going to make us a lot more dangerous offensively moving forward. And so when I say it's way easier said than done, it truly is. You have to have someone that's a very dynamic defender at the point guard position to make this work. But um, when I look at Cadeau's game, that's the only way I truly see that you can, um, I don't know, disrupt his flow offensively. Uh, the only other thing, you know, that I think is that you could maybe try to speed him up and mm. make quick decisions. That's a good point. But that typically requires a double team or blitzing ball screens or whatever that is, which means you're playing four on three on the backside, and that's where he thrives is creating. So yeah. um, you kind of have to have the right pieces defensively to do that for him or to him. Um and not many teams are going to be able to. Yeah, exactly. And so I think he's a very – he's one that may be the toughest player that we have to slow down. And yeah. I know that's a bold statement considering no. he hasn't played a college basketball game yet, but his skill set is – it's very dynamic. Well, and I think that's a great point about trying to speed him up as a potential game plan to, to upset what he does well. Like we heard – I can't remember if you and I talked about this on the show or just in our real life, but <laughs> – um, Cole Anthony's quote about how Elliot, the probably the biggest thing he needs to learn to work on is downshifting and upshifting, like playing at different speeds. And if if he's continuing to play at hyper warp speed all the time, then getting sped up is a problem. But if he's learning to downshift better and getting sped up, then it doesn't matter because he's got you know some some headroom for some more speed, and so. There is that. And and going back to your first thing about like not helping off of other players, like you said, I mean, we we talk all the time about his his passing capability, but this dude can get anywhere on the floor he wants. He can get into the paint, he can finish at the rim. And so it's like, man, don't double team him at your risk, but also double team him at your risk. And that's that's part of what I think is so uh potentially diabolical about him in terms of facing other teams yeah and if i can add something real quick well please, two things please do pack i would always like you to add something first of all i've noticed this summer and we haven't talked about this yet i'd be curious your thoughts but it seems like a lot of the carolina pros and the alumni are spending more time on campus this summer than they have in the past because they don't want and what happened last year to happen again exactly <laughs> and that's my friends let me tell you all something that is the culture protecting itself that's right. And that's why it's awesome to be a North Carolina Tar Heel. So, Cadeau, you know, he's working out with Kobe White and Cole Anthony and Puff Johnson or uh, Cam Johnson. Ooh, and not all Puff these yeah, not Puff. Damn, Sorry. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's just that, that development, though, is just huge. He's learning from those guys. And the other thing I was going to say is if you're going to speed Cole Anthony up, you better do it in the first half of the season because I think his IQ and the way he's going to progress. It's going to be tough to do by the time ACC yeah. play rolls around. He's yeah. going to he's going to figure it out pretty quick. You said Cole there. I'm assuming you meant Elliot. I mean, I'm sorry, Elliot. <laughs> no, I'm all over the place, Elliot. Man, are, did you just tell me we're getting Cole back? He's got eligible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so yes, agreed on all of that, and and I think it's going to be 
so beneficial. Now, Pac, here, here's another question. You know, there's there's been all the conversation. I think we all assume he's going to be in the starting lineup. We all assume all that's going to be. Speaking of which, well, no, I'll, I'll save that comment for a little bit later. But assuming the health is in there, I think we probably both think Elliot will start from day one. But my question to you is, assuming health, does Elliot Cadeau start every game this season? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's a very simple question that we don't even really have to 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 talk about. Like he is that level of good and prepared and ready. And let's not make that more of a question than it needs to be. Okay, let me ask you this. Imagine that you're Hubert Davis. You're nice enough to be Hubert Davis, I'll tell you that much. And you're sitting down at the end of the 23-24 basketball season. It has been a successful year for Elliot if blank. If Elliot shoots 35% from the three-point line hmm. and averages less than a turnover and a half per game. Okay. That's that's kind of my standard going in. And I'll say this. Let me, let me kind of back that up a little bit. I don't think Cadeau has to shoot six attempts from the three-point line a game. But it's kind of what we talked about. If you can play off and turn him into a shooter and less of a playmaker, then you've probably done your job defensively. Yeah. But where, you know, if he can get two or three attempts per game and just shoot that at a 35% clip, just enough to be a pretty threat. Pretty good threat. Yes. You know, if he's 35%, that's a point per possession. So that's a threat from the three-point line. And if he can do that, then that makes him virtually – impossible to guard. The only way you can do it is if you're just flat out a better athlete than him. And there's not many of those. That's why he reclassed and he's still a top 10 player in the country. So um, he's going to be really tough to guard if he can do that. And then if his decision-making is good to go along with that, and he's at less than a turnover and a half per game, then that means he's done a good job of being a threat and he runs the show efficiently. Yep. And if we do, that's all we have to do really offensively to be really good is just value the ball and have guys on the perimeter that are threats. And I would say, yeah. And I would say two things to that. Part of it is um, I think like the coaching staff has to make sure he understands like, bro, you've got phenomenal shooters around you in RJ and Cormac and, and, you know, some of the others that'll come in packs and whomever it is, but like, it doesn't have to be you. Like you don't have to take this on your shoulders. I think we often talked about with Caleb, like it felt like he took too much of that weight and Elliot, like we need you to shoot and be a threat, but you have the ability to get it. Like I want RJ to have six, three point attempts per game. I want Cormac to have five, six, three point attempts per game. So get it to them in position to make that shot. The other thing I would say is I think, and you're not you're not saying this, Pac, but I just want to make sure we make this point clear, that Elliot is not a bad shooter, right? Be, I think it's just because his passing capability is so high level that people are like, well, he's not a great shooter. The dude, the dude's confident with his shot. He just needs mm -hmm. to make sure that's not his default. He needs to make sure his shot taking is wise and and not rushed or because he's just wide open or whatever right like um and so i think those are the two things i would um add on to what you've already said because i think those are brilliant points so i like that let's get 
like three three-point attempts per game at a 35% clip and under 1.5 turnovers a game. I love it, Pack, and I think that's great. Now, one of our favorite things to do when we get into these player preview episodes is to make some player comps and to do some over-under estimation. We should probably keep track of those over-unders. We never did that last year, and so I have no idea how right or wrong we were. Uh, maybe somebody out there is keeping track of it for us. So we want to do that, and we'll hit those in just a second. All right, Pat Kilby, we're talking about Elliot Cadeau today. It is the first episode of the 2023 offseason uh, roster pre view series make sure you tune in with us next week as well we'll be talking Zayden hi so pack let's do some player comparisons and and folks what we always like to do is give a UNC comp and an NBA comp and I know it's never perfect or identical just like analogies and metaphors but it is at least a helpful endeavor to help us understand these young men better so pack uh if you looked at Mr. Elliot Cadeau, who would you? Um, I would think that, and we kind of mentioned this earlier, but I think Kendall Marshall is the comparison from North Carolina. And he's kind of the, the K butter 2.0. Um, he's, he's got all the passing, but he's got a little bit more versatility and speed. And I think he's going to prove to probably be a little bit more of an efficient scorer. Um, I see a little Marcus Page in there too, though. Mm. Um, just because Marcus was such a competitor and such a dog, like emotionally and stuff, I, I see a little bit of that in Cadeau as well. Um, and then professionally, I'm gonna just go a little bit down the road to Winston Salem and look at a little Mr. Chris Paul. Ooh, uh, I I don't, you know, Chris was kind of a earlier in his career, he was more of a scorer than he is now. And I kind of think that Cadeau compares more to an older Chris Paul that's just got a really high IQ and he's pretty savvy and he makes good reads and he creates for others so well, but he's still a threat to score. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of my comparison for Cadeau. I like it. I was just pulling up Chris Paul's numbers at Wake. He averaged uh, his freshman year 5.9 assists and his sophomore year 6.6 assists, but also scored 14.8 points per game and 15.3 points per game. And I know you're comparing the NBA version of him, but just, just to give some numbers around it, man, if he was putting up that kind of stuff, and I don't think there's any reason to think he couldn't, that that would be great. And yeah, I mean, some t like I know Kendall Marshall's the easy comparison, but like why make it difficult if that's what it is? I love it. Pack. Let's talk over-unders, because this is probably my favorite part of these shows. I've got a couple. I think I've got four over-unders for us, and obviously the majority of them deal with assist numbers, because, I mean, hello, come on. That's what we're talking about here. So my first one, and you and I kind of set this number the other day, if I remember correctly, is averaging 5.5 assists per game over under. And before you answer it, let me put some context around it for everyone listening and watching. Kendall Marshall averaged 9.75 assists per game his sophomore year at Carolina. That I, I cannot wrap my head around that. But since then, no Tar Heel has averaged more than 5.1. And that was, interestingly enough, Theo in 2017-18. 
But before Marshall did that in the 11-12 season, Carolina had a player averaged five or more assists in nine of the 10 seasons before that. So there's been a big drop off since Kendall Marshall left. The leading assist man has had like three or four assists per game. And I think for the first time, we're going to see that tick up in a major way with Cadeau and frankly, with the team as a whole. You think about what Harrison Ingram can do um, and some of those other things. And so, Pac, um, other notable freshmen, let me give some more context around this. Other notable freshman point guards at Carolina and their average assist their freshman year. Uh, I'm just going to go back and work my way chronologically. Ed Coda, 6.9 assists per game his freshman year. That led the ACC, by the way. He led the ACC all four years of his career. Ray Felton had 6.7. Ty Lawson, 5.6. Kay Butter, 6.2. Marcus Cage, Marcus Page, excuse me, 4.6. And Kobe White, 4.1. So all of that in mind, Pack, 5.5 assists per game, over or under for Elliot Cadeau? I'm taking the over. I think he relates a lot more closely to Raymond Felton, Ed Coda, Kendall Marshall style. Um, and I, and you know, we've mentioned it. I think he's got the pieces around him. Um, and I well, guys have to finish. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. This year could be so drastically different from the last few years, but I know this isn't necessarily a lot to do with Cadeau, but since you brought up Theo Pinson, I think there's a chance we have two guys that average more than five assists because I think Harrison Ingram has a lot of Theo Pinson in him. Yeah. And so there could be a lot more ball movement going around for Carolina this year, but I definitely think that Cadeau takes the over on five and a half. What about you? Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I, I would, I'm going to guess he'll be in the six or seven range. I know that's a little bit of a wide swath there, but like, I just, I just think about, can you imagine if Armando Baycott had had an Elliot Cadeau type player with him his whole career, what his numbers would have been like? I mean, just absolutely silly. And so I, I expect Armando alone to be the recipient of three or four per game. I, I just think this is going to help his season so much. So I'm with you. I'm taking the over. All right. Pax. Pack. <laughs> I'm not talking to my son or your full name. Pack. Here's the next one. Uh, how the question is, how many games will Elliot Cadeau have with double digit assists? And I'm going to set it at 10 games this season over or under 10 games with double digit assists. I'm going to go under. Um, and I think it's going to be close, but if you had set it like, I don't know, seven and a half, I probably would have taken it over, but yeah. I think it's going to be really, really close to that. I just think that our schedule is somewhat tough and, it may there may prove to be a bit of a learning curve for him. So uh, I'm going to say under, but it would not surprise me one bit if he got the over. Yeah, I I think that makes sense. I think he, I I might have set that number too high, and I'll, I'll own that. Fine, whatever. But yeah, I think the schedule does have a lot to do with it. Like I'm looking back at Kendall Marshall's freshman year right now. He had one, two, three, four, five, six games of double digit assists. Now. Let me put a caveat on that because he wasn't starting the whole season and had three other games with nine assists and one, two, three, four, five games with eight assists. So uh, like there's a very real world in which Elliot could could hit that. I'm curious about 
Kendall Marshall's sophomore year, how many double-digit assist games he had. Let me let me count this in real time. Stay I, bet, with I bet it would be 15 or so. Holy yeah. cow. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 17. He had wow. 17 double-digit assist games uh, his sophomore year. In fact, he only had one game with under five assists. That I mean, that's just silly. So I, ah, you know what? I'm going to take the over. Give it to me. I'm going to be a contrarian to your under. I'm going to say 12 games with double-digit assists this year for Elliot Cano. All right, next one. We got two more over-unders here, Pack. Uh, how many, what, what will be the most assists that Elliot Cano has this season in a single game? I'm going to set the over-under at, 15. That might be a little high. The UNC record for context is 18. That was Raymond Felton. And Kendall Marshall hit 15 once and 16 twice. So maybe I should bump this down to 13. Let me say a single game high assist over under 13. Ooh, uh, I'll take the over. I think, yeah, I think there's potential for just blow up monster games from this team offensively. And with him at the helm, I'll, I, I think that he could get that. So I'll take the over. Yep. I was going to take it even when I said it at 15. I, I just, it just makes sense. Now, the same was true for Kendall, man. That, that quartet he had around him his sophomore year was just silly with the things he was doing. But I, I just, I think it's doable and I would love to see it happen. All right, Pack. Last over under for Elliot Cadeau here. This one is not about assists. And in fact, let me use this to plug Friday's show. We're going to answer a listener question about uh, the possibility of Elliot spending more than one year at North Carolina. But Pack, the final question is this. Over under 1.5 seasons for Elliot Cadeau in a UNC uniform. Under. <laughs> this, this kid is an NBA player right now. Um, I would I would be totally, totally shocked if he was back for a sophomore season at Carolina. I would love it if he was because I have another prediction that R.J. Davis will be back for a COVID year, and that would be a great backcourt to have two years in a row. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, on, on Friday's show, I'm going to talk about the, this possibility, but all along I have maintained that it – it, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world for him to, to come back for a sophomore year. Carolina has only ever had seven one-and-done players, and only two of them were guards. Who were they, Pack? You got them? I don't. Um, golly. You're catching me off guard. I wasn't Sorry, I didn't prep you for uh, this. They were back-to-back -back seasons and pretty recent. Everyone is screaming at you. One of them just signed a, a multi-year. Kobe White. Kobe White. And Cole Anthony. There you go. Boom. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm struggling here. <laughs> You're I'm mixing my names up. I'm moving slow today, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's only ever been two one and done guards at North Carolina. But man, Elliot, just his mix of what he can do is a little bit different. So I think it is more likely than not that he is gone after this year. But like you said, boy. To have that same backcourt two years in a row would be something, something different. But I got to take the under on this one as well. Woo, Pack, it is great to start off our roster preview series. And I, it's hard to believe that when this is all said and done, we'll essentially be right on the cusp of the college basketball season. Pretty exciting uh, to think about that as we sit here in the first week of July. 
Folks, thanks so much for tuning in to Locked on Tar Heels to get your first listen or watch of the day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow Pack at Coach underscore K23 or me at Isaac Shade. If you want to have a longer conversation, email the show LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, smash the like button to let us know you were here, and leave your comments and thoughts about Elliot Cadeau. Want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll, excuse me, be back with you on tomorrow's show. But until then, peace. <laughs>